Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. And it's March 8th, 2021. We got a Delta report and an introduction to a great angler and an up-and-coming media mogul in deep on the Delta with Steve Cooper. If you guys haven't found him yet uh, on YouTube, you're sleeping. Great information for Delta anglers. He does a weekly report, uh, launches on Thursdays. One of you guys reached out and told me, hey, like if you're looking for somebody to, to talk to, what about Steve? And then I started watching his channel, and I'm like, well, Steve kind of already has his report. He does a weekly report on the Delta, so why would he want to come on to a bass report and kind of give up his stuff, but reach out to Steve. He's like, yeah, love to come on. You know, I'm not going to have him on every week. Uh, we're thinking maybe a, once a month or, or whatever you can do. Uh, super nice guy. His channel is amazing. You gotta, you gotta watch it. It's not the same as what we're doing here. We're just talking. You guys can listen to this on your way to work or, you know, at work or whatever you're doing, but definitely watch this when you're at home chilling good information. He's got baits. He's showing you what he's doing. He's showing you the baits, what they look like, how he's putting them on just really good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we talk a little bit about the philosophy of fishing in this and the, the bite and, uh, a couple other things. And I, I'm, I'm stoked that we did it. This guy's a, a just a really nice guy and really knowledgeable. His background in fishing is unquestionable, right? So, Let's get into that. As always, you know, like subscribe and and uh, like us on Instagram and and all that stuff too. That is important. I just just do it. Here's Steve. One thing that uh, most of us know is that the Delta is a notoriously difficult fishery uh-huh. in the winter. Yeah. So I thought a real good. Um, quick alternative when I'm doing the, the report would be to to give an update on what's going on with a couple of alternative fisheries. So, you know, when people are saying, you know what, I don't want to sit in the fog, I don't want to sit in 48-degree water, you know, and, and struggle for, you know, three or four bites when I can go up to um, Maloney's and maybe fish for spots and, you know, get my rod jerked a little bit and, mm-hmm. or, or go up to um, Clear Lake. So, I I have been including those in my report, and uh, it's evolving. You know, I haven't done my report for, very, you know, I think maybe a couple of months, and I never expected it to take off. Um, yeah. But it just you, it, it just goes probably what you've seen uh, with your bass report is there's a real, I won't say a need for it, nobody needs to see a bass report or a fishing report, but there's a real um, interest because, you know, when I was growing up, there was always two or three people that were kind of like the deans of, you know, there was in, in the central, in Stockton here, it was Pete Audison, and he did the the Stockton record report every Thursday, and he, you know, gave a rundown of all the mother little lakes and blah, 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 and he meant, couldn't wait to you know, get a hold of the Stockton record and see what the heck was going on, even mm-hmm. though I knew I probably wouldn't be going everywhere. But 
uh, it was just, you know, something that everybody watched. I mean, there was Bell Wang in Sacramento, and you guys probably had someone down there in Fresno, but there's nobody doing that anymore, you know? Um, so, um, you know, a couple guys said, yeah, you're out there every day. Well, I'm not out every day, but I'm out quite a lot more than I should be. <laughs> yeah, and I said, you know, it'd be it'd be really easy for me just to give a report, and I thought I would do it in like two minutes. Hey, this is what the water you know conditions are. Fish are biting on a jig. Hey, it's time to come out. Water's thirty two degrees. <laughs> you know, whatever. And and I did my first report and started talking, and it was like twelve minutes long. And I said, man, you know, I can't do a report in two minutes. I talk too much. <laughs> it's funny how that and, works, uh, huh? It's really funny yeah. how that works. But, uh, you know, you talk about, and it, it's difficult for most fishermen. Uh, I've been lucky because I've I've done a fair amount of public speaking through fishing, and, and I've gotten used to doing it. But it's totally different when you're at the dock talking to somebody when you can talk for four hours, and it goes by, you know, uh, like 10 minutes. And when you're out in your boat alone with a camera in your face and you're talking to a camera. It's just something <laughs> odd about it to me. So yeah. I'm still getting used to that. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It's fun. I mean, I, I would say you do a, you do a fantastic job. Um, you, you, you know, you say you've just been doing this, you know, for the last few months and I'm in that same boat, but, uh, it's funny what, what you mentioned is kind of, the same way uh, that I was thinking about it when I wanted to start this was that you know, for me it was it was reading the B, you know they had the fish report it comes out every mm-hmm. Wednesday, and I was like you know and there's all kinds of oh there's amazing info in there and I still read the B's report uh, everyone should I mean just get as much information as you can right but at the mm-hmm. same time I mean for me I really like podcasts because I can listen to those a lot of guys commute to work. Um, so it was like, I was just, right. you know, it just makes it kind of like it, it helps with your drive. There's a lot of reasons why I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to just try and do this. See if I can talk to people who know these fisheries really well. I don't have, unfortunately, like you, I don't have the <laughs> the ability to go out and fish throughout the week very often. I'm a, I'm a weekend warrior for sure. So, um, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like what you're doing is so helpful to guys, just the regular weekend warrior who don't have the time to go out there and and every day and, and analyze everything, and it's great, and you distill it really well. It's not too long. It's just right. You've got baits in there. You've got, you know, what you're doing. I mean, it's not specific to location all the time, which is, I mean, I think that's the right way to go about it. I think part of the fun of fishing is finding those spots for yourself. Um, that's right, just me, though. right. And, yeah, and, and a lot of my... Um my videos are, and I don't, are, you know, we could talk about, you know, my philosophy, philosophy of fishing in the Delta. And, and we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, when you're talking to the common guy, the weekend guy, or even a really experienced fisherman, I've, I've met a lot of experienced fishermen through, through, and I'm not a big tournament guy, but, you know, I've, I've been around tournaments and, and, you know, I know a lot of tournament people and blah, 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 but guys will come from out of the area that I know are really good fishermen and they struggle on the Delta. And, you know, they could be coming from Southern California. They could be coming from Fresno. You know, they fished it once or twice, you know, last year and they're coming up here with high hopes and they, 
they get, um, you know, the, the Delta will beat you down sometimes. And, and although when I started my channel, I wanted to talk to the common guy that, that is going to go out and, and is looking to just have some fun and, and not get beat up. But as I started doing the videos and I started getting a lot of correspondence through, um, uh, you know, through my site, there was a lot of really experienced fishermen that were asking questions that I knew weren't, you know, these guys weren't, uh, the guys that, that just picked up a fishing rod during the, um, during the, uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're asking really important questions, but there's a lot of misconceptions about the Delta and, and how to go about fishing it. And everybody has their own way of, of fishing it. And everybody talks about running the tides and this, that, and everything else. But the bottom line is one of the misconceptions is you're not going to learn how to run the tides in two days of practice. Um, it takes years. And for everybody that knows how to run the tide, there's probably 150 people that think they know how to run the tide. And the guy that's, you know, up on the stage holding up, heaving up the trophy, if you take a walk around behind the stage and look in the parking lot where the guys are wiping down their boats and leaving to go home without a, a trophy or a paycheck, those guys also tried to run the tide, mm-hmm. and it didn't work for them. So, you know, a lot of my philosophy on fishing the Delta is, is a little different than, than most people would, would, um, a tournament angler would think about, you know, if I'm going to be successful and I'm going to fish this for the next 10 years, I'm going to fish a tournament or two here every year. I need to learn how to run the tides. And that's true to a degree. But if you don't have the time to get down here and learn the river and, and learn the tides, you could be wasting a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, before we go any further, can we, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your background, you know, where you're from, how long you've been fishing. Um, we talked already a little bit about why you got into doing your channel, but uh, can you just introduce us to who Steve Cooper is? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, you don't have to go far from the Delta to find me. I was born in Stockton, and uh, I guess I guess if I am famous for anything, it, uh, my parents uh, were both avid anglers, so usually somebody that fish, fishes all their life, you know, owes it to their mother or father for getting them involved in fishing, and, and I had two parents that, that loved to fish, but for some reason, I'm 65 years old now, I have never lived more than a mile from the river. It's, you know, we had two or three houses when I was growing up, and they were always within about a mile of the river, so always within walking distance when I was a kid, if I wanted to walk down there, I could, you know, find a dock or a, um, you know, a beach or, a, you know, something to fish for catfish or perch or whatever. So that's kind of coincidental, but, um, uh, I have, uh, I've never turned down a fishing trip. Obviously <laughs> I fish from, uh, Alaska to Mexico, all over the Western United States, um, all over Canada, a lot in the Caribbean, I uh, had a fly fishing guide service for about 15 years, deckhanded on uh, the coast, uh, uh, did some guiding, saltwater guiding on uh, on the coast between Monterey, San Francisco, up to Bodega. And, uh, hmm, man, that's about it. <laughs> well, you are, you are. I did some rep work. 
yeah, you are ste- you are steeped in fishing, and uh, and it shows just you know the way you ho- you carry yourself, the way you talk about fishing. It's obvious that that you've done this your whole life. <laughs> I could just tell right off the bat. I mean, I think anybody can. You know, as as a guide, um, number one, we it, for most people that start off fishing. Uh, they all think that guiding is going to be great. And if they get to a point where they think, you know, I'm pretty darn good on this river or whatever, you know, I need to get a guide license. And I think every guy thinks when he starts off, he's a pretty decent fisherman. Or you should, because if you're not, you have no business guiding. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit of ego involved in there. And I became a guide. And what I found out uh, after a few years of guiding, I wasn't that good when I started guiding. Not that I'm any good now, but you learn a lot from clients. And it's not, you know, a, a lot of clients have a lot of information that, that um, you, know, there's, you know, there's guys that, that go out there should probably be guiding you. You don't tell them that, but, you know, over the course of the years, you just get better and better because you're listening to so many anglers. And even the common guys that are weekend anglers, they may have a color or a bait or an oddball little thing that they do that you can pick up and, you know, I'm not saying steal it from them, but you got that in your pocket and you build on that. And especially if you are a guide that in my case, I have never been a professional bass fishing guide. I, I, uh, when I was, um, running my fly fishing business, we, we fished, uh, primarily a lot of time for smallmouth bass. So I guess I, I was a professional guy, never a gear guide, okay, mm-hmm. uh, fly fishing for, for smallmouth bass. But um, what I wanted to get at is when you're changing rivers and changing around and going from salt water to white water to lakes, you have to figure things out and you start thinking in more of a logical way to do it. And that's what, you know, bass fishing is pretty much logic. When you get on the on the delta, there has to be some form of logic. And you can fish with some of the smartest guys that, that you know, and they'll get on the delta and lo- or, or any body of water, and they're good fishermen, but logic a lot of times just leaves the, you know, leaves the area. They And I don't know, you know, if they went about fishing or if they went about fishing the way that they went about doing their jobs, they'd be a much better fisherman. But it's it's kind of putting that logic into um, into play when you're on the water. And if my philosophy of the Delta is it's such a big fishery when people come to fish it, it's like a big city and there's neighborhoods all over that city. That's... And people start thinking, you know, hmm, yeah, I kinda understand what you're what you're saying. And you have to learn each of those neighborhoods before you can really understand the tides and the delta itself. And above the neighborhoods, when you and the neighborhood could be a hundred yard section of bank, it could be maybe a mile radius. You know where you maybe it's the closest um, fishing that you do to the boat launch that you normally put in at. But you learn these little neighborhoods, and then you learn how to knock on every door. Uh, in that particular neighborhood. And by that meaning, you could have a, you've been out there enough, you probably understand that there's a Thule bank or a rock bank or a rock and Thule bank or a point or whatever it is. 
And it's just not a rock bank. The fish are going to be congregated in certain areas, and you need to know where those, those doors are. And if you have a 100-yard radius and you really get to know it and you know which doors to knock on when you're out there, then you can move on to the next neighborhood, figure out what's going on in that neighborhood, and then build on that. Once you have enough neighborhoods up and down the, the river, you can start thinking about, hey, you know what? I'm going to start here, and I know I can catch fish at high tide here. And I know down the river I've got places to go which I can get in front of the tide and catch fish there. Then you can start putting together, you know, how to run the river and how to run the tides. But if you do not know the entire delta, it makes no sense to run, let's just say, starting uh, at the head of the channel and try to get ahead of the tide when you don't know where you're going. If you're just going to pull up on a on a, a bank that looks good, oftentimes you're, you're not going to find the rewards that the guy that's going to be heaving the trophy up. Absolutely. So it, no, it, and uh, that I think that's a... It's a sticking point for a lot of guys that go out there, myself included, and and get their butts kicked, um, because that happens to me quite often. It's every third trip I'll have a, a decent day, and I think that's just because um, I'm getting lucky. Uh, I know that's what it is. So, yeah. So I in so when you say when people get on this, it, the logic goes away. I, I like that because I'm I'm a big fan of logic. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of base all of my decisions as logically as I can throughout everything, you know, your day-to-day life, uh, your job, like you said. Right. So, but when I exactly. get out, when I get out there, I've got tons of information. I've talked to really smart people about fishing. I've watched a lot of things. I fished my whole life, but like you said, it goes out the window. And I think part of it is it's just so big. There's just so much water that looks so good. And even if you know what the tides are, I think another thing is. Right. How how those tides, where they're coming in, where they're coming from, uh, how that water's actually moving, I think you either have to spend a lot of time on the water or you have to be really good at looking at maps and looking at how is that water moving up through the system. And you have to know where to be yeah, in order right. at those points. And I think that's that's something that could be, you know, a, a whole clinic. You know, we could spend four hours talking about how do you actually follow that tide or how do you get ahead of the tide. How do you know when that where you're at is even going to be at high tide, actual high tide at that point? You know, right? And, and you know the other thing that and I did a, um, I actually did a video and it's called I think it's called Tide Talk. And above that, above what you're talking about, it, it's simple to uh, there's something called a, a tidal coefficient. And I don't know if you've if you've looked into that or you understand what the tidal coefficient is or if if uh, the viewers don't understand what a tidal coefficient is, uh, tidal coefficients are given around the world. It's science. They know what's going to go on. It uh, has to do with moon phases, you know, more moon, bigger tidal mm-hmm. coefficients, less moon, less. But it, they give it a number. And on the delta, uh, the numbers are generally from about 40 to the lowest tidal coefficient to maybe about 100. An average coefficient is about 70 or 80. And that is simply the difference between corresponding high and low tides. So if you have a low tidal coefficient, you have a tide that maybe only moves, I'll just say two or three feet. Mm -hmm. If you have a high tidal coefficient, which is in the 90s, that, that tide may move five feet. 
Well, when you start thinking about this logically, and you know all your spots, like you're you're saying, you know, I go out there and I, I don't know where to be at the right time, blah, blah, blah. There are some spots that fish better when you don't have a lot of tide, when the tidal coefficient is low. There are other spots that are going to fish better when you have a very high tidal coefficient. So it's not only knowing the tide and knowing the spot, but it's predicting what that what the water flow is going to be. And people, another misconception, I believe, on the Delta is everybody says you got to find that that current, you got to find moving water. And if you're looking, you're looking for moving water, but it's prime moving water. Florida strain bass don't like to sit out in the middle of the channel and buck the tide, mm-hmm. but they like to have a flow going by because it, you know, that's one of their, you know, they're, they're an apex predator and they learn real quick that if I find an ambush point, where I can let that water move the bait by, that's, that's, you know, that's a feeding mechanism I can use. But they're not going to be in the current. They're going to be tucked in behind a, uh, a tule or a rock or whatever you know, structure is out there, and they're going to wait for that bait. And uh, people that come out here say, i got to look for the current, i got to look for the current. Where you go out to Frank's track and you start fishing the breaks where that current is ripping through there, you're probably going to find nothing but striped bass. On the occasion that sometimes the bass will go out there and start busting a, a school of shad, and you'll have some largemouth that come behind them and, you know, work the, the busted up bait balls. I mean, that can happen. While I'm talking uh, about this, I also, one of my, one of my sayings is, is that the Delta basically is a river of contradictions. Because for everything <laughs> I could say right now, I could go out tomorrow and I'll contradict myself. But generally, the big Florida strain bass don't like current. So you have to really kind of know what that prime moving water is and figure out the tidal coefficients, figure out your spots, and then start guessing on, you know, um, how to go about moving from spot to spot or neighborhood to neighborhood. And in each one of those neighborhoods, um, we were out today, I'll I'll just give you a rundown, went out with a friend and he's um uh i i'll call him a novice angler and we, we were out fishing and we could not find fish the, the first half of the day we we're looking around and i wanted to find some spawning fish or or at least some signs of something uh very low tide coefficient i suspect because the the tide never went up or down maybe more than about a foot the only place that we could find fish was in the breaks tule breaks uh you know, islands, flooded islands that are that are moving, and those had more water going through them. They weren't ripping; they were just meandering through. And those were we caught all of our fish in those breaks. Now, next week, when the tidal coefficient bumps up, those same places that we were at, the water is going to be ripping through those tidal uh, through those uh, breaks in the bank, and the fish will not hold there. You're going to have to go down the bank and find you know, where they are or the flat that they've moved to or, you know, what, and it's pretty logical if you think of it that way, but it takes a long time for logic to kick in. It takes a lot of butt kickings out there. And, you know, I always said, that, uh, you know, it's like a heavyweight fight, but when you get punched in the face and, and you drop down on the mat, the Delta 
doesn't have a corner man. There ain't anybody come pick you up. You got to pick <laughs> yourself up and, and dust your dust yourself off and come out and fight another day. But uh, I bring my that's the delta. My wife's my corner man. It seems whenever I I've take I took her out a couple times during the COVID early in the COVID thing we had. We actually were supposed to go to, to Honduras for our 10-year anniversary. I was going to go out there fly fishing for permit and bonefish, and, and oh, man. I was really excited about it. You know, we hadn't been on a vacation. We got two young young kids, and uh, COVID hit, and it was this was in May, so we had to cancel the whole thing. And so we spent our – with nothing else to do, nowhere to go, nowhere to travel, nothing, we spent our uh, anniversary on the Delta fishing for bass. And, of course, she, she stuck a good one. As she normally does whenever whenever I'm out with her for whatever reason she she gets them so yeah I seem to have her on the boat more often but um, she's did she, you give her the chicken wing she's my corner so explain <laughs> to me the chicken wing please explain to the viewers the, the chicken, chicken wing, wing. Exp- the viewers over here saying the viewers uh, you're a YouTuber I didn't want to talk I'm the listener I didn't so want you to talk, talk about, about the chicken, the chicken wing. wing you talk about the chicken wing okay how about if I talk about this this tournament that came up yeah, yeah. Uh, that was last week and then I could tell you about the chicken wing that perfect okay first of all uh, uh, future pro had their bass had their uh, TOC last week uh, a three-day tournament uh, 55 boats and uh, let me guy comes in starts off with a 21.9 follows it up with an 18. Point four, last day of the tournament, a thirty-two point nine pounds, seventy-three-three for three days, and he didn't win the tournament. <laughs> First place was twenty-nine-nine. Next, he backed it up with a twenty-nine point four, and then backed it up with a twenty-eight point nine for seventy-nine-thirty-three. So, one of the reasons I don't like fishing tournaments because as i was growing up played a lot of basketball through high school and college and you know you always have those days when you get you're not having a great day and you're down by 30 points in the fourth quarter and it's getting towards the end of the game and you know you're kind of walking back to the huddle and the guy on the other team kind of walks by you and you got your your chicken wing your arm out there you don't say anything but you just stick that arm out and you give them a little pop just to let them know you're not happy and I'm telling you, if I was out there fishing, because I've been fishing hard on the Delta, I'm not pulling any 30-pound bags. I'm on that dock, and I got 11 pounds, which, by the way, was the average for that, uh, uh, for the, um, out of 55 boats, 27 pounds, or excuse me, 27th had an 11-pound bag. So 11 pounds was the average. Yeah. So I got an 11-pound bag, and somebody walks by with a 30-pound bag on the dock. As I'm going by... I'm going to give him the chicken wing and he may end up in the water, but you know, you don't do it, you know, where everybody can see it. You just stick out the arm and kind of give him a little bump and that's the chicken wing. But, um, you know, that's the way it goes. So I played water polo. So we didn't really have the chick. It's it's hard to do the chicken wing when you're swimming past, uh, you know, like a Clovis high, they just beat you by like 15 goals. It's hard to do the chicken wing when you're swimming, but you can, you just put the high elbow up. It's the high elbow, or you got the knee in the groin. Well, th- that w- that's during the whole match, though. So I mean, that guy well, already okay. knew. That guy already knew throughout the entire thing that I wasn't happy with him. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's chicken wing, and, and you know, especially if you have a, a background in in sports, you know, 
I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and, you know, it wasn't give everybody a trophy. It was, uh, hey, kid, you know what they call a good loser? No, what? What, coach? A loser. (laughs) Hell yeah. You know, okay, Uh, if I can't catch a 30-pound bag, nobody should be catching a 30-pound bag out there. (laughs) But uh, No, it's it's true, and uh, we were out of Clear Lake yesterday. I was out there with Mark Lesane, and he had – a little one-on-one that was a digital one-on-one between another another guy and uh, Todd Klein down south, and I just told him you got to beat him, you got to you got to show up for Northern California, and and he did. He he put the hurt on him, but even it with a solid you know seventeen pound bag or whatever he had in like a four hour period, there's guys that day who caught thirty five. You know. Oh, and, I saw that. That was. I mean, you know, you're catching a thirty pound bag and you're coming in like fifth. I mean, like there was. Oh, I know. It's like crazy, crazy, man. Yeah, and again, uh, that's another reason for you come in with a thirty-pound bag and you get fifth place. That's a chicken wing to the guy that has thirty-five <laughs> pounds. You know, you know what do you have to do? I mean, you know, to win a thing, you know, you you thirty-pound bag could be the best bag of your life, and you come in and you don't get second. You don't get. You're in fifth place. What yeah. the heck? But um, well, we. You know, I I love your philosophy on the whole thing. Um, obviously, you're you're very thoughtful about what you do, um, and I think that's what I enjoy so much about about watching your reports. And um, I just wanted to have you on, and it's cool that you're that you're coming on because you do a report, I'm doing a report. Um, I <laughs> for me, it's just it's it's for fun, and I and I I it's, I have a bunch of guides on, and and I I hope they get value out of it, just like I hope you're getting some value out of this. Everybody who's listening, you definitely need to check them out. Real quick, Steve, I don't want to keep you on too long, but what can you no give, what can you give uh, everybody? I know you've got a report coming up on Thursday. You put your videos out on Thursday. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the report comes out on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So everybody, check that out on the Delta. I mean, it's it's really cool. You've got other things. I mean, you're actually out there showing baits. You're out there fishing. So a great watch every Thursday if you're if you're interested in the Delta. Uh, what can you give us right now about what's going on today? What'd you see out there? Uh, it's pre-spawn and you would think with guys getting, you know, 30 pound bags and over 30 pound bags, it's full on spawn, but it is, I'll say early pre-spawn. I've been, I've been, uh, working the banks all over, all over the Delta and I'm not finding a lot of, uh, bucks in tight. I'm not seeing any beds. Now, with that being said, remember, it's a river of contradiction. Mm-hmm. You may go up into Sand Mound or you may go up into Hog or Beaver in the back of the slough and find a fish that's, um, that's spawning. The, the majority of the spawning, 80% of the spawning, spawning probably um, April and May. And that's when, when the lion's share of the fish are going to spawn. But that being said, fish spawn probably 10 months a year on the Delta. So the big slug of, of fish is going to be spawning here in probably, you know, um, a month. But that will get us, you know, the next week or so, things are changing so fast. I mean, three weeks ago, water was 48 degrees. It's Water has crept up to about uh, 57, 56, 57. So as long as we have stable conditions, you know, it's just going to get better and better. Uh, the fishing, uh, the last three or four days, 
the last two weeks, it's day to day. It's zero one day, hero the next, and back and forth. But it's getting more and more steady. The, the average guys are going out and and being able to you know have some action and put put uh, you know. Um, six or eight fish in the boat, and it's just getting better and better. The bigger fish are coming in. Um, you know, it's it, we're we're going to have a little front in tomorrow, and that may put a kibosh on it for a day or two. But you know, the weather's going to even out, and as long as uh, as long as that weather keeps warming up and the water keeps warming up, it could be a week. It could be you know, it could be like Clear Lake. It could break open in a week. That doesn't mean they're spawning. You're not going to come out and, and headhunt for fish on beds. It means that the big fish are right now in about six, you know, most of them are around, you know, I'll say five to eight feet of water. They're they're staging. They're getting ready. Um, we just started about a week ago catching more and more males. Uh, before that, we were getting fewer fish, but the average fish was probably uh two and a half to three and a half pounds, really solid average. Well, now the males are creeping in, in, in shallow and they're starting to poke their heads. in. so the first thing that's going to happen is as the days get longer and we get more light penetration, if you come out to the Delta, run a couple of banks in tight. If you see a bunch of males in there, you know that the females aren't far behind. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's just going to take a little warming, a uh, little more, you know, another, really a degree or two 59 60 it's going to be um it's going to be a, a full-on pre-spawn and then you're going to start see fish starting to see fish in the shallows digging beds and, and you know you'll be able to hunt for some uh, uh uh some bed fish but uh it's going well uh dark worms have been the key you know for the last week or so chatter baits are, are catching fish uh, guys are getting some fish on uh, uh, square bills. Uh, one of the baits that came into play this year a little more than uh, have been in the last few years is uh, the blades, and that used to be a standard until the chatterbait came in. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, uh, jerk baits were good through the winter, but right now it's it's worms and uh, and uh, chatterbaits. Uh, Punching is gonna obviously when when the fish start pulling in tight. Uh, you know, people are going to start punching, and water hits 60 degrees, you always need to have a, a top water on out there, mm -hmm. uh, just because some of the biggest fish of the year will come and crush a top water. You, you're not going to get um, a 30-fish day this time of year, but you might get three or four really big blow-ups that will turn your whole day around. So that's kind of what the delta is in right now. It's it's in a little bit of a flux, but it's in going in a flux in the right direction. And lots of folks are catching fish out there. Lots of folks are catching big fish. So uh, that's the state of the delta right now. And the fish are just absolutely beautiful. They're fat. They're um, uh, they're just perfect bass. They're little gentlemen out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yesterday it, it clear like we didn't have a whole bunch of giants. Mark was able to get a six, and that was a beautiful fish. But every single fish just you know big bellies really healthy fighting hard you know i mean there's two places that you catch fish like that i i think that that fight like that and it's clear lake and the delta they go head to head you know you don't know which ones oh yeah fight better i think they're they're both up there because they're just real healthy and well maloney's like you mentioned in your report is fishing really well um you know guys are having phenomenal days out there catching spots and 
when I went out there a month and a half ago, whatever it was, you know, we split. We caught some really good largemouths, really good spots. So, I mean, the, the fishing's good out there. Um, no matter where you go, you just got to find them. Put in your time. You may not. You're not going to get. Yeah. You may not have your thirty pound bag like we talked about earlier. You don't go out there expecting to get a thirty pound bag. But uh, if you're like me and just like to tug on them, um, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of my my uh, maybe my closing thought would be to the average guy that's going out there. Don't judge your success on on a guy that pulls out um, a thirty five pound bag. And and you know. I, I, I'm kidding when I'm talking about the chicken wing. I mean, I, I have utmost respect for a guy that has pulled in a 35-pound bag. It's not their first day on the river. They've done their homework. They've they deserve to win, and, and I congratulate those guys. But you can't judge yourself by by what a winning weight on a tournament is. And you know, you beat yourself up. And God, one of the things that I mean, I almost feel 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 bad when i get the correspondence because i've had people that are you know come and say i don't know what i'm doing i'm watching your video steve and i've been out five times and i haven't caught a fish and i'm going i want to shed a tear you know i mean it's almost sitting there with the handkerchief and and, you know it it's tough don't beat yourself up Uh, the you know for the for you guys that have been out there on the delta and and struggling you guys are the ones that, you know, I'd say 80% of the people don't touch the Delta. The hardcore guys are out there, you know, doing what it takes to just survive. And, and I always tell people in the winter, you're not out to conquer the Delta. You're out to uh, survive the Delta. <laughs> and, and if you can survive till about right now, you've, you've got the worst part of it behind you. You're going to start catching fish and it's going to get better. So now that I have a YouTube channel, I, I've, Kind of felt that I'm I'm qualified to give medical reports, so I'm kind of given a given a, a, a you know a mental health report on the weekend, you know, every Thursday. So you know, people are calling, "Hey, thanks for saying that." You know, I mean, I was feeling so bad, I almost sold my boat or whatever the heck it was. And you, just, you know, you pull, yeah, I had my head in the toilet or something. You know, I'm like, no, don't do that. You'll catch a fish. Uh, uh, Talking to a buddy of mine, he has a, has a bad day. It's like it's time to sell the boat and and pawn the swim baits. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is. It can be. It, it's a killer. It can be really, really tough. I mean, I, it takes a long time to figure it out. And uh, there's there's going to be no podcast that I can do that's going to you know you could listen to it. All kinds of guys. I got you. I got Vince on. I got Mark on. Uh, I had Nick. Cloutier on not too long ago, and that guy knows the Delta real well, and he gave a lot of good information. But yeah. you just got to go out there, and you got to take your lumps, and don't get discouraged, yeah. and just figure it out. I mean, yeah. that's part of the fun. And then when you do, I mean, the rewards are going to be great, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to give a shout out to Vince. I've been out there with him a couple of times, and I've learned a ton from Vince. You can't find a nicer guy in the water, and you know, if you're looking for a guy to take you out. Uh, You'll enjoy a, a day on the water with Vince. Um, uh, great guy and a very good guide. So I just wanted to put that out and uh, haven't seen Vince in a while. But if he's listening, uh, how how you doing, Vince? And I'll see you on the water. Absolutely. Steve, man, it's been great having you on. I hope we can do it again maybe once a month or something like that. Come on and talk uh fish and philosophy i think we talked more about fish and philosophy than we did uh we did the report which is great yeah because you have a great report and i and i think a lot of people just need to go over there and and watch your report 
And uh, you can listen to this podcast on the way to wherever you're going to go fishing, but you watch Steve Cooper when it comes to the Delta. (laughs) Yeah, and if uh, if you don't catch anything, you can blame it on me. (laughs) I'll do that. Don't blame it on me, not this report. You blame it on Steve. It's his fault. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, Joe. Well, hey, thanks for calling. Anytime, give me a call, and uh, I'll let you know what I'm doing out there. It may not be getting a 30-pound bag, but... uh, what I'm doing is probably going to be a lot closer to what you're doing, and, and uh, I will give you the straight skinny on what's going on out there. So uh, thanks for having me on. We all appreciate you. Thanks, Steve. All right. Take it easy, Joe. Bye-bye. Boy, that escalated quickly. Don't act like you're not impressed. So that right there is a dude who knows fishing. Like, it's in his blood. You know, if you watch any of these videos that he has, undeniable, right? So he did want me to mention uh, it's best if you want to leave him a report. That's kind of, he's really game for that. If you go out and you have a good day or you have a bad day or whatever, uh, go to YouTube and actually leave comments in his uh, under his videos. So that works out best for him. The, the Instagram is Probably not the best venue for that from from what I've heard from him. So, uh, which is great. Um, I'm really happy he came on. Uh, happy to support him and what he's doing. Uh, so, yeah, follow him at In Deep on the Delta. Subscribe to him on YouTube and leave some likes and comments on there. And then if you have extra time, you can support this here podcast on iTunes and I don't know. Leave a leave a hell yeah in the subscription. Someone, someone, please just go on there and leave a hell yeah, just so I know that they're actually getting into iTunes. Just go on there, leave a leave a the five star or whatever rating you want to leave, and just say hell yeah. Leave a Steve Austin in there, and then at least I'll know. Like someone heard it, someone did it. That's enough. That's all I'll do. I'll see you next time or talk to you next time.